Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Real Mission Impossible show with Coach MJ. Are you ready? We search the globe for the most amazing people who have overcome incredible obstacles, demonstrated amazing resilience, and done the impossible. I said, are you ready? May the real life heroes of Mission Impossible from around the world be inspired, be motivated. Join, Join the, the real, real Coach, Coach MJ. MJ on the Real Mission Impossible show. Dr. Tanya Simmons, look <laughs> the house. In the house, baby. <laughs> I'm glad to see you. I'm so glad we could hook up before the big fat man starts sitting on everybody's roof and brings the whole year to a close. So, I know it's been crazy. It's no, I'm very, very, very so happy. good. It's so you know, good to see you. You're so busy. I am, but you are too. You are a busy man, and you're doing all sorts of things. So congratulations. Well, I'm these two people are doing lots of things. Congratulations <laughs> to us both. Let's, let's let's say a prayer for each other that we continue for another 12 exhilarating months and yes. can shine the light where it needs to be shined. Yes, That's my agreed. mission, and I think it I, is yours, too. Absolutely agreed. I love that, yes, for sure. So, Dr. Tanya Simmons, welcome to the Mission Nine Possible show. As you know, I'm Coach <laughs> MJ, and I've been looking forward to speaking to you for quite a while. We've had a couple of talks, but actually, to be honest with you, my hair was not done up the right way the last time so i wanted to have a recap <laughs> well i remember i was i think i was at the hospital and uh i like was that's where you work sometimes so let's make sure uh -huh. that everybody Absolutely. knows you were, not, you were not a patient no 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 i was not a patient but i i've been working with post-covid recovery patients and uh, it's very taxing. And I remember that day, my hair was everywhere. So I'm so glad that we're, this is a redo, so. No, no, it wasn't for that because actually what, what, <laughs> what Dr. Tanya does is she puts her hair in a, in a kind of a state so that the other patients feel a lot more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true, wink, wink. <laughs> that's what she does. Hey, listen, before we kick this off, um, because, you know, when I, when I first saw that you were on a, on a platform in Dubai, actually, is when I first found out about you. And I had been, you know, speaker in Dubai for ten years, and I used that as a yeah. base to go to Qatar and Singapore, Manila, etc. So work. I had a lot of the people that you had met were already connected to me. So it was just a matter of time before we aligned. And I just, I just felt this wonderful vibration <laughs> from you. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Um, before before we get into some nitty gritty, because I got some nitty gritty, I want to do like a back and forth with you. And okay. um, right now, because of your your professional career right now, could you just explain uh, in two, three short sentences what it is you do and why? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So I'm very honored to be here on your global platform. Thank you for having me today. Um, you're just a wonderful man. I appreciate your friendship um, greatly. So thank you for that. Um, you and your wife are lovely, and I know you're doing tons of work, um, especially a humanitarian work. So uh, congratulations on your foundation as well. So I just thank wanted you. to say that. Yeah, I think that's important for me to say. And then also in regards to what I do, I do multiple things. People ask me all the time. I get emails. <laughs> what, what exactly are you, you know, what, what's happening? What's going on? So in a nutshell, um, uh, I have a foundation called Healing for the Nations. 
And, uh, and we are, I'm so excited to be able to say today that uh, we are going to be launching our second school plant and in a Muslim community. And I am actually meeting with the village leader sometime next week. We're going to plant that school and we're going to help kids in education. Um, so, and that's in Pakistan. Um, I'm co cross collaborating with a bunch of political leaders, leaders in Pakistan in order to uh, do a bunch of water wells and things like that. So me and my team, I'm excited about that. That's a really, um, that's just really near to my heart, you know? And uh, I think it's a, you know, a, for me, it's just uh, what you see is what you get. It's, it's just about helping people. And I know that sounds so cliche sometimes and just, but that's what it's about. And uh, for me, and so um, I'm excited about that. Uh, we're, we're doing uh, other projects in Kenya and helping um, in that way, education wise, and, uh, you know, doing some cool things there. Um, in regards to business wise, I also do coaching, transformational life coaching. And uh, so that's been going very well. Um, I have people um, right now that I'm working with. And um, so that's exciting to see the growth in people's lives, to see the transformation occurring. And we celebrate their successes, whether it's little or big or what, there's still successes and people are moving forward. So for me, that's a big win um, in their lives. And so I get a lot of joy out of that. I also am an academic, um, uh, my, my background's academia. And so what that means is Yes, I have two honorary doctorates, one in philosophy and one in humanitarian lit. But right now I'm currently working on one uh, in the academic world as well in nursing. And so what that means is I'm working on my FMP, family nurse practitioner, and my DMP as well. So pray for me for that. I'm working hard in that way. Um, and let's see what else. Uh, I, I work in travel as well. I've got, I believe in multiple streams of income. Uh, so I have my own travel business. And I'm doing things in that nature as well. So um, there's a lot going on, um, you know, looking at um, publishing my book soon, uh, doing webinars, conferences and things of that nature. So this year uh, has been very um, exciting because uh, there's been a lot of great opportunities come my way, and um, it's just about giving back, but also about personal growth for myself, too. So lots, you know, obviously, um, you know, I, I've just, you, I think that, and I was talking to, uh, you know, and I've been, I just recently got um, tons of awards in regards to international director on this global platform. I'm a USA country director for another platform. So I'm very heavily involved with academics and education virtual, uh, virtually. So I'm working with these other academics and all around the world um, from professors to doctors to scientists. December the 8th, I'll, I'll be giving a talk to the uh, Association of Scientists uh, in Ghana. Um, and I'm excited about that. So about uh, authenticity and leadership. So those things, those are, that's a, a little bit of what I do. 
And uh, why I do it uh, is because I believe in the power of your voice, MJ. I believe that your voice is important. I believe that um, we all have specific gifts, talents, uniqueness in order to help other people. And the last thing I want to do, I want to be empty when I die. Uh, if, if you understand what I mean, I want to have given and done everything in my heart that I'm called to do. And so uh, I don't believe in wasting time. I believe in seizing the moment. And uh, that's what I'm doing. So Carpe diem, girl. Carpe diem. Hey, <laughs> <you're scared. laughs> I, the one thing I do love about you is I know this won't be boring because you're so fun. I was telling someone about you and they were asking, well, who's this MJ? And I said, oh, let me tell you about him. I said, he's so fun. He's so fun. So thank God it's not going to be boring. <laughs> oh, no. Well, hang on a second. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They want to know um, if you had to leave tomorrow and go to another land, what top three bands would you have on your playlist? Top three. Oh. Okay. Wow. Wow. I was not expecting that one. Of course. One. <laughs> of course. I mean, you know, sometimes when you got to go, you just never know, you know, and so okay, okay. you want to make sure um, your, your stuff is Okay. Fine. Okay. Okay. So honestly, you know, obviously I do, I do ministry work too, but I'm just going to keep it real. Like I love, yes, the Christian vibe music, of course, absolutely. But my, I, I mean, I, I listen to everything, MJ. I listen to jazz. I listen to classical. I listen to uh, rap. I listen to uh, reggae. I listen to everything. <laughs> You can only take three. What are I know, they? I know. Write it down. So I like um, what I would listen to would be. Uh, you be stuck with them. No, I like Adele. I love Adele's music. I love. Right. It. Uh, I do like Adele. Uh, I probably pick some jazz. Um, you know, I whatever jazz. I I love jazz, so I probably pick some jazz, and then I probably pick. I like Justin Bieber as well peaches i love that's one of i like that but i love his music um but and i'd like khalid as well uh you know the rapper i like him and okay, so that means you'd be throwing one of these away so you take a little khalid. bit of nelly maybe <laughs> like, dirty hold money it, hold it in between the jazz it's hard to say it's hard for me to pick just three but i would well, but but i'm sorry but that's just life that's my genre right yeah, yeah okay i got you all right yeah. uh bucket list top three destinations you've not been to and can't wait to go when it's when the coast is clear <laughs> maldives maldives okay um, all on right, the now, top of my list yeah yeah the great wall of china is second right right and um, and on my third, I want to see the Northern Lights. Okay, I to, gotcha. I want to see that so badly to be gotcha. honest. All right. Yeah. So I don't want to like, I don't want to like blow a hole into your bucket list, <laughs> but you better do it quick. The Maldives are sinking. Oh my God, really? I did not know that. They have negotiated. The president has been negotiating with India for over five years. In case, because the, the island is sinking and so it will be flooded in the next 50 years. Oh. And so they're thinking to relocate the country of the Maldives and the citizens to some new land in India. So you better make it quick. You know, I know that's the truth. <laughs> Time is ticking. That's the truth. That is so. Yeah. 
I yeah yeah so so then the yeah. next one uh let's see yeah. you you, you I'm said, ready uh, so, sorry I'm ready okay so no then, then you said uh the the northern lights mm -hmm. right okay um you live in Ohio I do ohio baby so you're already used to like a little cold weather right yes but having lived in alaska surrounded by the northern lights for quite a while oh my goodness amazing i know i mean you think you're hallucinating because it's so cold <laughs> <laughs> i mean if a man comes to you and he's crying for like a, a millisecond and the tear turns into ice you know that it's when you know oh I yeah only <laughs> i can only imagine i'm not ready for that but i do really want to see those so badly so no, no absolutely I, I get you i totally get it and then uh, the other thing i want to ask you is i had seen something about you were training nurses um as one of your day jobs and Correct. you're doing nursing training in oncology yeah and I particularly wanted to just drill into that uh, today just for a moment. Okay. And ask you uh, what breakthroughs, new breakthroughs, medical breakthroughs or treatment or attitudinal breakthroughs have there been on the therapy side of oncology so that the medical profession is not only relying on chemo, radiation, surgery. Um, can you talk about that for a moment? I can for a moment. And so I feel like obviously I'm coming from a point of evidence-based practice. What that means is there there's clinical data to back up what I'm saying. So you can go and and this is just for your audience. I believe because when you're in medicine, you want to do um, I think the best uh, for your patients, obviously. And so you want to get the maximum amount of out, uh, patient outcomes and not compromising clinical excellence. So what that means is you wanna practice medicine, not practice medicine, but you wanna execute medicine and there's customized medicine as well. So what that means is like, say say you between um, Sue and you have two patients, Sue and Bob, um, they're both two totally different people. They both have two totally different needs. They may have the same diagnosis, but I'm not gonna look at them the same. Yes, there's protocols. Yes, there's algorithms that you go by and you execute, but these two people are two obviously two different people and I'm going to go in a little deeper. I'm going to assess a little deeper and then I'm going to create a customized plan for each of these people. You see, see the difference. So, so uh, I think over the years, um, obviously there's been major breakthroughs. Um, I can speak to the advantages of certain um, practices and I can speak to the disadvantages as well. I have seen both sides of the coin. Um, and so understanding that I think there's been great breakthroughs in neuroscience medicine. Um, we understand obviously uh, more about the brain, but we can't say we know everything about the brain as of yet, but there's been major breakthroughs such as, you know, we're doing um, brain surgery with patients that are awake and, uh, you know, and we uh, have, uh, you know, whether it be, um, you know, removing tumors, like, you know, and, and so these things, we see these breakthroughs happening. Um, we also see uh, breakthroughs in regards to immunotherapy. 
um, like BCG, BCG therapy. I, I was uh, one of the lead nurses with a, a top um, a bladder a cancer urologist. And what we did is we did clinical trials and we were number one in the country with our clinical trial. Um, and, it, and it got registered with the FDA. But what this trial showed was that there was tremendous breakthrough because if we can catch cancer cells early, that's the problem here, MJ, is that typically, and I can give you story after story after story of patients that we see come in, they said, well, I just thought it was a headache. I had a headache for four weeks. My general GP or my primary physician just said, it's a headache, you know, take a couple of Tylenol, come back, let me know if you have any problems. How many of us have been in that situation where we've just had headaches, you know? Um, or, oh goodness, I have a back muscle problem. I have a problem in my back. I'm not sure what's happening with that. You know, can you help me? Oh, don't worry about it. You know, just, so we see- Don't, the, don't, the don't be a crybaby mentality. Correct, correct. And if you have a physician like that, who isn't listening to you, my, my, my suggestion is get another physician. Um, always get a second opinion as well. But I have heard so many stories, real life stories, where people come in with that type of, or, or I've been experiencing some blurriness. I'm not quite sure why. I thought I just needed a new checkup. We do a CT scan and we find tumors. We find, we find spinal tumors or we find a brain tumor or we find a retinal tumor. I mean, there are all sorts of tumors can develop. You could have a tumor anywhere, anywhere in your body. So what I'm saying to you is this study that we were doing helped provide early detection with new, with new um, treatments, right? And what we were doing is we were instilling, uh, it's, it's a certain type of dye into the bladder, which would light up. It was through a cystoscopy, we, we would light up like a PET scan? Like, like a PET scan. But the difference is it would not be in the hospital setting. Here's the key. It was in the, the outpatient setting. Easier to, uh, to access. Correct. Easier to access. And the major key here is early detection. Early detection. So there were actually people that did not know they had bladder cancer cells um, and we, we actually caught them early. And so they were able to receive treatment early, which meant what? A better outcome. So a better prognosis. So we see these new things developing, new ways of approaching uh, cancer and oncology. We see, but it comes through research. It comes through uh, evidence-based practice. It comes through science you know, well-founded evidence-based science. So as we see these new, um, how should I put, these new uh, um, things developing, right? New treatment plans, then, and new ways of treating cancer. Uh, I, I also know another oncologist, he's actually a lung uh, specialist, and he was telling me, about a new treatment with immunotherapy uh, to treat cancer cells in the lungs and basically using that patient's own immunity. It was, it, it was just phenomenal. 
he had a patient who had stage three, stage four, and he utilized this immunotherapy. And we and he showed me the data. He showed me the PET scan after the immunotherapy. And because before he was lit up like a Christmas tree in his lung. And after the immunotherapy, it, you couldn't, you could, there was no detection. I mean, it was very low. So you see these things occurring, but the key is research, breakthrough, you know, you have to, you have to, you know, and that's why funding is so important too for these new research researchers and physicians who are wanting to develop new practices and, and uh, thinking outside of the box. Those things are important. Um, I do believe that uh, medicine has evolved over, obviously we see that, and more holistic approaches are being, uh, are being put in the mix. And so at the, you know, where, um, you know, I, I've been where music therapy is being utilized. Uh, we see art therapy being utilized. We see uh, certain hospitals are being developed where the windows are bigger just because what's healing? Healing is light, water, fresh air. So all these things are, are taken into consideration when actually the architecture of this of new oncology buildings, not everywhere, but in some places, um, are being developed. Uh, you see more, you know, you see that happening. So I think we, when we can look at, you know, helping people in an oncology approach, when we look at it holistically and not just keep them in a box, you know, and understand that it, it, it's important to have customized medicine. Yes, it's important to have algorithms um, and certain ways of doing things. Of course, you know, different protocols. This is how we would treat bladder cancer, or this is how we would typically treat, um, you know, lung cancer or a glioblastoma or, uh, you know, anything like that. You know, those things are important to have, of course, in medicine, but I also think it's equally important to keep an open mind and have a holistic you know, approach as well. There's a balance to that as well, too, because we see people who are very, very desperate. And we also see the backlash of that, where people, you know, in the retail business are taking advantage of, you know, oncology patients. So you have to be careful and use wisdom. Understand my, my concern for others would be make sure you are making informed, educated decisions. Bravo. Wow. It's a big topic and you've just it put is. it into a nutshell. So thank you for that. Well, uh, I hope so. Yeah, 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 great. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I, I want to say this too, you can go, you can type in, I want to help educate your audience. And if they don't already know, go to Google Scholar. You can go to Google Scholar, S-C-H-O-L-A-R, Google Scholar. You can find anything on there from a um, scholarly point of view where there's clinical data in place, evidence-based practices. Um, you can type in COVID-19 and you can look at the research that's been done, the updated research. Uh, you can set your filters. So, you know, whatever you, I, I think it's an excellent resource. There's also other resources as well um, that you could, you know, check on as far as scholarly works and, and uh, scientific data, so. Okay, so we now have, we have your clinical background, your knowledge, your experience, um, your evidence-based science approach, um, your, your own academic background as well. And then you touched on holistic. 
uh, what what my audience is most interested in is mm -hmm. laughter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. It yeah, really right. Endorphins. So if we can get some endorphins in there, increases right? cortisol. There we go. There we go. Increases we, dopamine. I, yeah. I love exactly. to laugh. <laughs> I mean, we were all looking for something like dope and we were in high school. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I love to laugh, MJ. I do. And, and, you know, um, there are times when I've just put on a comedy or, you know, uh, sometimes you just need to, you know, encourage yourself sometimes to be honest. And, uh, you know, I love to laugh and, you know, I think sometimes you just can't take yourself too seriously. You can't take life too seriously, especially in these times we're living in. You only live once MJ and you know that I think you're a type of seize the seize the day type of person, seize the moment, live life to the fullest. And uh, that's the way we should be living. And I think sometimes we get stuck in a rut or stuck in a box and uh, sometimes you just have to break out of that, you know? Yeah, you just reminded me. We had that game when we were kids. Seize and saw. I seized the day. I saw the day. <laughs> I like that seesaw. I used to ride that thing all the time. <laughs> yeah, really good. I mean, sometimes I was so skinny, I needed two friends to help me. <laughs> I, remember, I remember one time I was sitting on that seesaw at the playground, and uh, this bigger kid came up, and I was thinking, uh oh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to go flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, divide the law of gravity. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, um, I had seen something that you had done on a show and it was about uh, if you could have met somebody in the world, who would you wanted to meet? And you mentioned Mother Teresa. I did. Uh, and I remember and, that. I and, remember and the that. beautiful, uh, the beautiful, uh, in fact, your your words were, were much more uh, touching and lovely. Could you just share why? why it was that love yeah. energy wasn't it if you could just talk about that for a minute yeah i mean it's not very hard it, i you know and I, it's just so simple to me i think and, and i think when you operate from the core of who you are from a true place of love you know not fakeness not um people people are over that people don't want plastic you know people don't want that people want what's real they want authentic. They want transparent. And speaking from a leadership point of view, you know, I don't have it all together and that's okay. You know, and those are the types of leaders we need now is the people that can say, listen, I understand your struggle because I had that struggle or I'm having that struggle and it's okay. Um, but, you know, uh, we're going to get through this or let me, let me give you some tools. Let me give you some strategies, Right. But people aren't looking for people who have it all together. They're not. People are wanting what's real and people are wanting authentic and they're wanting transparency. And in order to be a good leader, I feel like that's what you need. You have to have that. And, um, and you know, so when I want, when I say I want to meet Mother Teresa, or I would love to have met her is you know, here's this little woman, you know, and there's disaster all around her. And just through operating from the core values of within her of love, I mean, I, I truly, I know this sounds so idealistic <laughs> and I, I, but I truly believe in this, 
I truly believe in the power of love. I, I truly believe that. And when you operate and you tap into that type of love, I believe that that type of love can is, is just life trans, transforming. And, uh, and you feel it. You feel it when you're around that. You feel, you know, people, we've often heard people don't care until they know how much you care, right? They, they want to know. They want to, you can feel that from a person. It vibrates off of their being. When that person walks into a room and they're full of love, you, you sense that. You sense the genuine love coming from that person. And don't you think that's what everyone wants? That's what everyone needs. Whether we're black, yellow, red, white, green, I don't care. We at Maslow hierarchy of need, we need security. We need love. We need belonging. We all need that. So that's that. I mean, I believe she knew how to walk in that. And that's why she was a powerhouse. She was a powerhouse, an absolute powerhouse. She wasn't prideful, although she could have been. She was humble, um, but she wasn't a doormat. Uh, she created change where there needed to be change. Just through kindness and her love, dedication, determination, and action. That, to me, is success. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I've got a relationship, uh, a juxtaposition relationship with Mother Teresa. One, my mother actually did go to Calcutta and did oh work my. with Mother Teresa um, in Calcutta for years. So that's one. Oh my God. And then the other story is uh -huh. when my wife and I started our charity, uh, Time for Sharing, we had seen all these other fundraisers will, you know, where yeah. the big shots will go right with a big cigar. Yes. Yeah, I'll write you a check for a thousand dollars. And they could care less, you know, just they, other people would see them write a check and that was enough for the tick the box. So we decided that we wanted not to be anywhere near that. And we didn't want to hold cups out. Uh, we, yeah. we had a success. Yeah, exactly. So we would fund exactly. everything ourselves. Yes. Uh, and we wanted people to donate their time, you know, yes. how about, how about a half a day with some kids who really need it? Yeah. Um, so that's how we started our thing. I until, love that. I until, love that. Until we got cornered, we had just uh, done this big statue in Lebanon with uh, my wife had commissioned. It was a cedar tree, which is a symbol of the country with 16 doves representing all the religions. No, oh not God. one religion on a particular right, right, hierarchy, right. just all yeah. together. And the first lady of Lebanon was there commemorating the statue and the, uh, the, the United Nations representative for Kofi Annan was standing on the next side of me. Yep. And he just challenged us. He said, we have uh, just demined Southern Lebanon from Israel with thousands of landmines that they all have holes. Why don't you have your charity come down and plant trees where we had holes? So I nudged, you know, uh, you know, the security guards didn't like this. I nudged the first lady standing next to me. I said, let's do it. And she started you know, chuckling and laughing. <laughs> And two weeks later, we're in the presidential palace doing a planning session. And then I had a meeting with the, with the uh, representative and he wow. told me it would take so much money and the money was huge, much more than yeah, I had. Big considered. money. Yeah. Because the trees had to be carob. They had to grow in that soil like Lebanon, Palestine and give to the village. And there was a lot of other requirements. And so it was more than we had thought we would too. And then he said, well, you know, if you think that's, 
that's hard. Then let me tell you the story, my story of Mother Teresa. I said, oh, here we go. You know, already connected to my mom. So now here, here's another Mother Teresa story coming into me. And he goes, I was in Africa. The village that I was in was paralyzed because the president of the country had had a coup and the Air Force had blockaded everything and we couldn't fly out. And so Mother Teresa got on the phone and she called, uh, got through somehow to Nancy Reagan. And Nancy Reagan then Incredible. on the phone and he goes, you have to tell him, you have to tell him. We need to get out, tell him, get us out because this is important. The children are here, they need help. So anyway, she did this uh, in her little voice, powerful voice. Yep. And, uh, and it came out that uh, Reagan had talked to one of his juniors, a guy by the name of Bush, to uh, meet the president of that country in New York. And they worked it out and got them all, all of them flown out in, in safety. This is one oh woman with an intention in the middle of a war zone, oh uh, moved mountains. And so when I heard that story at lunch, I said, it doesn't matter what this is going to take. We're doing this. And so we, at the end, we, are, we assembled 300 volunteers in 16 school buses. We went to southern Lebanon on the border of Israel. We planted 3,000 carob trees. We built a children's park. Uh, and it was a, one of the best days of our lives. So, and it's that's all thanks a, to the inspiration of Mother Teresa. So that's when a, that's I a, you had moved that way, I just, well, here's, here, aren't we all connected and love? Yes, it's a very powerful thing. It, it's true. It's true. And I don't know why that story just touched me so much when you just shared it. Like I was actually moved to tears a few minutes ago. I think probably the reason is because, um, you know, here's this lady and, you know, she just made a decision. She felt a call. She made a decision, whatever you want to call it. But she was a voice for the voiceless. She took up another part. She took up a cause and she didn't stop. And, you know, the things that she suffered, the things she went through, um, you know, I, it's just phenomenal. I just, I don't know. I really have a lot of respect for her, her life, um, the way she lived her life um, and the impact she made, you know, and and so hearing your story, you know, you never know what can come through a connection. Um, when you look at what just happened, that story you just shared, you know, one thing it seemed led to another, which led to another. And then you were able to help hundreds of children and plant these trees that you didn't think about, you know, you didn't know that was going to happen, um, which landed you in places you didn't think you'd ever be probably, you know, see the connection, but sometimes it's just about a choice. And I feel led to share this for some reason, maybe it's for someone who's going to be watching this, but maybe you've carried a vision in your heart, or maybe you've had an idea and you didn't know how to execute. We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for per progression and you need to start somewhere start it today uh you know and and like you would have never had that opportunity mj if if you and your wife hadn't have just made the decision to start your foundation and move on it right so everyone has a call everyone has a unique gift a uniqueness about them and I feel uh, that, you know, if you tap into that uniqueness, it's the difference that 
qualifies you. And what I mean by that is don't look to be the same as someone else. Go into your difference, which will then propel you into your uniqueness, which will then create an open door for vision and, you know, an, an execution of that vision. Awesome. Awesome. And something else that you touched on, and I just wanted to chime in on something you said earlier about the love energy. I think yeah. most of us, most of us in our adult lives, we, through our pride, through our ego, Come on. we live in, we live in total denial that, that that's really the, our pure place right there is love. And that's it. That's if you look it. at some of the heart chakra meditations, if you look at some of the powerful things, I mean, I sat with a group of 300 teachers, scientists, leaders with Deepak Chopra years ago. Oh my gosh. I like Tahoe, him. And yeah. we, did this, we did this heart meditation and we fired all of the energy from our heart. We let it travel down our arm to our finger and shot that as a laser beam to our hand and we all felt our hand burn mm -hmm. from the heat well well there because science backs that because when you break that down in a quantum physics and when you break it down like i mean i could go into this but you know science backs that um, we all are a, a ball of energy, to be honest, when we break it down. And so uh, when we that's why when you when someone walks into a room, you can feel what they're carrying or you can feel uh, not so sure. Or, you, you know what I mean? Or like you can feel that vibe. Um, and so, you know, those things are important. And when you carry love and when you care, like when you carry a true I this is what I say. Compassion uh, equals action. So love is great, uh, and, and but it's always a verb. It's always it's it. Love will always move you to action. Uh, it it'll always move you to doing something, uh, to compassion. And so um, you know, empathy is different. I can feel empathy for someone. Oh, that's you know, or or sympathy. Sympathy and empathy are different, right? So, but when you have compassion motivated by love it always equals action wow you've heard it first here we now have the equation put in a very <laughs> succinct <laughs> way and, and, and I, I, i'm i'm smiling and laughing but i love the way you did that i love the way you said that no and, I, i'm uh, just saying i mean isn't that the truth because say when someone passes away in your family which, you know, if you haven't had that this past year or this past two years, surely we all know someone that has, you know, um, we feel sympathy for that person. We feel sorrow for that person, or we might feel, you know, we can imagine ourselves in that situation. But when we have compassion, then that moves us to do something for that person, you know, and that's through compassion. Um, and so, you know, um, I think sympathy, empathy is great, but when you operate through compassion uh, with a foundation of love in love, then it moves you, you know, again, towards action. So and, and moves buildings along the way because you're doing it for the pure, purest of intentions. That's not it. Looking for an ROI. That's it. The, oh, hello. That's right. And not tooting your own horn. You're not out there on social media, blah, blah, you're, you know, and sometimes you need to do that because you're increasing awareness of your work. Yes. You 
and all that. And that's good. Like that's good. That that's not what we're talking about. But we are talking about feeding that inner ego. And I think sometimes, you know, you, you do have to be careful. You have to weigh your own motives and what you're doing. And you know, why am I doing this? Is this truly why I'm doing this? Um, you know, when I, you know, again, I carried the vision for 20 years in my heart, and so you know, it, this wasn't something, you know, that just fly by the night type of thing. Um, so I, I think, you know, it just goes down to motives and, uh, and your heart space. Yep. I agree. And of course I, I also send out a, a message to anyone listening or watching, uh, this program today to, to reach out to you for any other inspiration or coaching or guidance. Um, I think you have a lot to, to help other people unpack and view and be able to see their own vision and uncover some of the dormant feelings of inspiration that they may have. And even if, even if they don't know this, that there's no one I've ever had on my show, thankfully, who, who had any baggage of ego who brought into the show. Mm-hmm. Everyone I've been so blessed. Everyone who Thank God, yeah. brought onto my show has been a giver yeah. And through the giving, I mean, that's the whole magic. I mean, what that's we've learned it. in 21 years, <laughs> in 21 years of having a charity, doing events for 16,500 kids in eight countries. Awesome. What we've learned Yay. is that every time we give, we get high. I mean, that's that's the that's the biggest thrill of all. So it, it, it know, is, it is. And, There's something about that. There is just the season, by the way, just the season. <laughs> just the season. But, but that is, there's something about that, uh, living through a life of generosity is there's something very, very powerful in that, you know? And, um, yeah, so that's cool. And it doesn't have to be this. It doesn't have to be, you know, pat down in in pounds and pence, dollars and cents. It can be start with a smile. I mean, it can, a, 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 a lady who's putting bags, your groceries into bags, Mm-hmm. You know, who might feel overworked, under underappreciated? Yeah. You know, just just the 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 gentleness and the sincerity of a genuine smile, and maybe a kind word, maybe even a joke, which I do all the time because that's I, I, my pastime. You know, I have to make sure that whoever I meet, they, at least they show me their teeth because if I can't see anybody's teeth. I'm not even gonna trust them. Right, right. You know what? Let me tell you something. The reason why I'm laughing is because you never know what other people are going through, whether it be in the grocery store, the man, the woman you see in the grocery store, you don't know other people's situations. Remember what Robin Williams, and I loved him. He was a phenomenal actor, I think, and, and a comedian. But, you know, and he was laughing all the time, so to speak, but inside, you know, he was going through a lot of different things. So, you never know what people are going through. And if we can just not be judgmental towards one another, if we can give people extra grace, we can try to be an extra extra understanding during these times, which people need. We all need that now. And, um, you know, there are people being evicted of their homes. There are people, I mean, I could just go on and on. I've heard so many stories over the past couple of months, whether it be internationally or whether it be in the U.S., you know, um, you know, people who are once secure in their uh, professions are now going, well, I'm looking for something else, you know, and I'm having to start over for one reason or another, um, you know, and so w- 
I really feel like, you know, I feel like if, if people really operated like this and we all could give each other a little more grace, a little more understanding uh, when we all need it, um, spread a little more joy and a little more positivity, I think, I don't know, but I think it would be just a better place. And, you know, and I think we all need that sometimes. Well, what you're not saying and what the audience really needs to understand is doing all that is not only great behavior, not only does it make you a good citizen, but it also boosts your own autoimmune system. It does. And that in itself, you deserve it to be protected. So protect yourself, live consciously, love abundantly, and thank you, Dr. Tanya Simmons, for sharing hope, inspiration, and wisdom with us today here on the Mission I'm Possible show. Look forward to coming back, circling back to you on some other topics. You're just a, a library full of information. And until then, peace, love, and light. God bless you. Bye. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the mission. We welcome you to explore our next mission on Possible with Coach MJ. Welcome. Meet ordinary people who have achieved the extraordinary. Join us on the Mission Impossible show with Coach MJ. Like, comment, and share to inspire others to be possible today.